<laughs> we back. It's T Wait in the modern talk his house. Bro, I'm back. Dude, this is so weird. Um I'm, I'm in the podcast room in Scott's. I know we're jumping ahead because, you know, we're we're smack in the middle of the uh, you know, solo summer uh whatever it is. <laughs> solo summer season. Solo, solar summer season. But I'm out I'm out in the podcast room with Scott's and it's so cold. How did we get here? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Cotton Eye Joe. I just it feels like yesterday I was sweating my tonkas off in here and I don't know how it happened now 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 that's cold. And it felt like it was never gonna get cold because it was cold in Pittsburgh and it was like full blown fall and it was still feeling like some hair. So I don't know how we got hair. And now it's cold all of a sudden. It's like, get with the program. It's supposed to be cold, you idiots. <laughs> I love, I love how it's, uh, you know, this isn't even supposed to, this is supposed to be just an intro, but I'm sorry. I had to do a little throwback solar summer season on it. Um, anyway, so this is, I had a really good day today. I got to host a podcast that wasn't my own. I guest hosted a podcast, so that was a first for me, and it was through Zoom. Um, well, it technically was Google Meet or whatever, but who cares? So it was my first non-in-person podcast. So that was, it was really good. I just really enjoyed it with him, um, and you guys will get to enjoy it now. So I'm releasing it as uh, also a modern talk. Um, go check him out, too. So I edit and I'm a producer as for his podcast that I guest hosted on. But I just wanted you guys to know, so this isn't a traditional modern talk. It's going to feel a little bit different, but still feel like Tommy Waite at the helm, because I am. It's going to be a little mix of both, which is fun. So if you check out his podcast, you'll kind of know what it means. It's called The Business Connect, and he has on people that are uh, like business owners and kind of gets to know them and how they became who they are with a successful business. So um, it's really good if you're into the business world as well. Since I've been here, I've been more of a professional, which is so weird because I was such like a free freewheeling kind of kid. And I still am, thankfully, thinking of myself more of a professional and need to know more about how to be a savage when it comes to being a businessman, negotiating prices, like what you want and stuff. You'll get to hear this. It's a shorter one. It's a longer one if you're used to <laughs> the solar summer season ones. But it's a shorter one if you're used to the traditional Tommy Waite modern talk interview ones. So it's a kind of it's kind of best of both worlds, if you would say. Um, <laughs> that was uh, I've I've been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for a long time. Um, for like a while, like four months, I guess. Wow, holy crap. Because so I started like right after Hannah and I met um, my girlfriend. But that was the, eh, it's a little bit a mess of both worlds. That was kind of my Larry David impression that I didn't mean to do. But it comes out. I'm, I'm very absorbent. If, if, I, if I'm around something enough, I'm going to pick up on stuff. I noticed that I, uh, I do... Uh, <laughs> If anyone that watches Curb knows, Larry does a lot of uh, smirks, like half smiles and stuff. So I've been picking that up kind of unintentionally. But thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy this this kind of new thing 
that it's not going to be a regular thing. And I still have another one that I, traditional modern talk that I haven't released yet, um, that I will, but I wanted to space it out with the solo summer season. So, uh, thank you for listening to this one. I think it's fun. It feels like Thanksgiving to me. So if you're listening to this on time, (laughs) then you'll hear it and kind of feel in the Christmas Thanksgiving spirit. One thing I forgot to mention is that since it was a video podcast, there's a video available of it on uh, my website, tomawaitcom slash podcast. You'll find it there. Also on YouTube, I got the lighting really good. I'm really proud of it. Thankfully, I got to do it at the church that I work at. So I got like really nice lights and a background that wasn't like goofy. So yeah, give it a watch if you would like to. And uh, if you want to see me do a podcast for the second time uh, on video. Because the first one was with Dre, if you remember. All right, get into it. Welcome to the Business Connect podcast. As you could tell, I'm not your normal host. I'm Tommy Waite of TommyWaite.com, and I'm the host of my own podcast, Modern Talk, and I'm also the editor and producer of this podcast. Today, we wanted to have a very special Thanksgiving episode where we turn the mic around on your normal host. Uh, Welcome to your own podcast, Josh Sullivan. Hey, thanks, Tommy. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, I just wanted to have a a little bit different um, special episode for the week of Thanksgiving. Um, You know, I I did have some that I could have put out, but, you know, I just wanted to do something a little bit different and do something a little fun, kind of give the the background on the Business Connect and background on me a little bit better, um, because I haven't really done a great job of explaining the background, I feel like, on the previous podcast. Well, that's good, though, because you focused on the person and not yourself. So this is a nice way to kind of catch people up on what what you're doing. Right. So, you know, without skipping too far ahead, because I'm sure you're going to ask this at some point, but yeah. that's the whole mission behind the Business Connect. It's not advertising. It's not uh, about me or my company or my brands or anything like yeah. that. The Business Connect is really about focusing on the other company and the other uh the owner of that company and, and that kind of thing so um we'll get more into that i'm sure but yeah that's really the focus and that's why i had i don't talk about what i do you know i've had a couple guests that have kind of alluded to what i do or, or kind of brought it up a little bit but um i try not to talk about it um because i just feel like it 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 blurs the water and it's it goes against what the brand is yeah yeah i agree with that um so we want to talk about since this is Thanksgiving episode, what are you doing for Thanksgiving this year? Um, so uh, this past weekend, I was at my in-laws house in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Uh, mm. We were there. My wife goes to the Charlotte Christmas show with her mom every year. So we went yeah. up there, did the they did the Christmas show, and I watched the kids, all of them, and including <laughs> my nieces and nephews, and that was fun. Uh, wow. But then uh, <laughs> now, we're, uh, now we're at my parents' house for a few days and we're going to do Thanksgiving here and then we'll be back in Myrtle beach, uh, on Thanksgiving day. So not nice. a little bit everywhere. Yeah. A little bit of travel. That's normal. Um, so you're, you're married. You said you had a kid, right? You're married. Okay. Yeah. Married with two kids. Um, oh, two married. kids. yeah. So I've got, um, river who is seven mm-hmm. and woods who is one. Yes. You yeah. can tell that I'm an outdoorsman river and woods are my kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that's- so yeah, River is seven and Woods is one. They are even even my even River's teachers. When we pick up 
uh, River from school, if Woods is in the car, they say, oh, look, there's your mini-me because they are identical. Um, uh-huh. They're just six years apart. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're a lot of fun. My wife and I, we've been married for like three years-ish. I don't know. <laughs> Probably supposed to know that. I know the date, but I don't feel like doing math right now. It's, I'm, it's an off week. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Thanksgiving. I don't have to do and, that. But we, da- we dated for like eight or nine years before we got married, so it, it all runs together, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, how did you meet? Do you remember? <laughs> uh, we met in Myrtle Beach. Um, uh, Fourth of July weekend of 2010, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then yeah, kind of just grew from there. Yeah. Wow. Do you remember your first date? Proper date? I mean, not proper date. I mean, the first time we went out together, we went to what do you call Club Boca? What's that? Or something. Oh, it was a. It was. So in Broadway at the beach, there used to be, it used to be, um, Malibu's was on the end. Froggy bottoms was in the middle and then club Boco was at the end and they were all connected. So you got into all of them at once. Um, but that doesn't exist anymore. That's gone. <laughs> That's funny. No, nothing is, is left of those three for a little while. There was like revolution still and Malibu was still there, but now like, I think all of them are closed. I don't even know if Malibu's open anymore. <laughs> I haven't been to Broadway in so long. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. How long have you lived here in Myrtle Beach? I moved to Myrtle Beach in 2009. So, okay. Um, I was playing golf in college and didn't want to stop playing golf every day. Didn't really know yeah. what I wanted to do, um, right. which is part of my story. Uh, you know, I had no idea what I really wanted to do. But at the time, I was playing golf and I didn't want to stop playing golf every day. So I moved to Myrtle Beach to, uh, go to the golf academy that was in Myrtle Beach just so I could play. And I didn't really know much about it or much about, you know, that lifestyle or anything, but uh, I knew I got to play golf still. So that was really what it was. I moved to Myrtle Beach and just kept playing golf and wanted to keep playing golf and uh, chase that dream until like 26 or 27 ish. Um, really once river was first born and then once he could start moving, um, that's really when I stopped playing golf as much. Um, he, you know, when he was a baby, I would take him to the range with me and he would sit in the, he would sit in the stroller and it was fine. But then as soon as he started being able to move, it was like, yep, uh, I could, I couldn't really practice anymore. So I chased the dream of playing golf, uh, competitively for, for a while. Yeah. But that's what got me to Myrtle Beach, really. What's your favorite accomplishment of your golf career? I just like to hit the ball far. <laughs> me too. That's, I always get mad it. with the par three. I'm like, I want to hit it. Yeah, no, no, no. I um, so I, I would say my favorite accomplishment is something someone said to me one time, um, which was my my college coach. He told me if he could get me to play from the middle of the fairway the way he, that I could play out of the trees, I'd be the best golfer he ever saw. <laughs> so, like, I, I think that's my best accomplishment. Is just like some of the recovery shots that I've hit in my life are. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's lack of focus when I'm like in the middle of the fairway with like a nine iron in my hand. I'm like, yeah, whatever. This isn't fun. I need to <laughs> like yeah. put me behind a tree or a tight pin or something like that. And that's fun. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I get a little bored sometimes on the golf course. <laughs> Got to shake it up a little bit. Hit it, hit one of the trees just for fun. <laughs> yeah. That's always good. I wonder how that translates to your business life. Does that, do you ever get too bored with your business and want to hit it into the trees? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely always full of ideas and like chasing something new. 
Like there's yeah. always ideas running through my head, which is why, like, to be honest with you, the business connect is kind of selfish um, because I can, it helps me express ideas to other people and help their business. Um, but it, it, it kind of clarifies my mind. Like it helps me get some of the, tr- get some of the ideas out of my brain and clear up my own head. Like, you know, I've said it to some yeah. people in the past that I don't necessarily have a business partner or really need a business partner in certain aspects, but yeah. I need a sounding board sometimes. Like whenever I'm doing something with a with my business or doing something new, like I need somebody to bounce ideas off of. And cause sometimes I'll chew on an idea and chew on an idea and not know exactly how to uh, finish it or put it in place. But the second I start talking to somebody about it, it all clicks. Like I, I just, sometimes I need that sounding board. So yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, it plays that way. Like if I was just playing golf by myself, um, I'd get, you know, bored, like I said, but and <laughs> same thing, like if I'm just, you know, going through the daily grind of business, um, sometimes it can get boring without having somebody there to, to really slow down my mind and help me, uh, kind of get through the, uh, get through all the ideas that I have going on. So, yeah, I mean, definitely it's similar because again, I've always got something else running through my mind. Sometimes it's hard to quiet my mind and, and really focus on, on that one task. Same thing with golf. Like I, it was hard to focus on that one simple task um, because of the big picture. Yeah. Definitely similar. That's interesting because yeah, thanks. Um, I was thinking about how there's like, I'm an intern um, with like one of my kind of jobs and you get sometimes the most easy, tedious jobs. And when you mess those up, it's like extra embarrassing because it's so easy and simple, but it's, because it's so easy and simple, you lose your focus and that's when like mistakes happen. And it's like people get frustrated with you because it's like you had one job or whatever and it's not even that hard. But it's yeah, like, if so, you... yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So for me, like whenever I'm doing something that's tedious. So um, again, kind of jumping ahead, like one of the things I've done in the past was uh, research and uh, was a research based job. And, and, you know, it was really there was a lot of tedious work in it, you know, so it was, it wasn't a job. It was my exploration and, and a friend's exploration. We were doing it together um, and we were working on algorithms and, and just researching diff, uh, market data. So it was thousands and thousands and thousands of data points Yeah, and everything. And then like writing code for algorithms and things like that. Like it can get super tedious. You're just staring at an Excel spreadsheet for hours and hours whenever I'm doing something tedious or small like that, like whether it be transferring contacts into a CRM, whether it be answering emails, whether it be, you know, the research side where you're just staring at numbers all the time. I personally have to put headphones in and music on. Hmm. Um, and I listen to like, Bless you. sorry. Um, <laughs> we'll take that out but uh yeah editor please take note (laughs) but so whenever i'm doing something tedious um whether that be transferring things onto crm answering emails staring at a spreadsheet really doing data entry data review type deal i've got to put headphones in um and and listen to music and and what i listen to is either some form of classical music or um like the violins that are mm-hmm. playing modern music but it's no it's like no music or no uh 
other instruments is like just violins playing modern music. So you can kind of hear the words from the violin, but not um, anyone actually singing it. Uh, like Dallas string quartet is one of the bands. Brooklyn duo is another like band where it's like, again, it's, it's modern music played with a violin and that's it. Um, so something like that, really just that background of like almost like a constant buzz really right. gets you to focus on those tedious tasks. That's what I have to do um, to get really through those tedious tasks. Like you said, cause it, again, it's super embarrassing when you do something that's simple and it's like, Oh my gosh, like how do you, but to be honest with you, I've been that way my entire life. I could go into a math class that had calculus and addition. And I promise you, I wouldn't miss any of the calculus questions and I'd miss an addition question. I mean, that's, <laughs> That's seriously how my brain has worked my entire life. I'd be in some crazy ass class or whatever, and I could get the hardest question right and miss the easiest one. Same thing playing golf. Like we'd get done with our round in college, and I would have birdied the hardest hole in the course, but then made bogey or double bogey or something on the easiest hole in the course. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, I'm there. I've done it a hundred times. <laughs> so, how do we combat that? when you're in in the moment of something like golf where you can't just like put in headphones and listen to classical music how do we bring in our focus to get the job done perfectly or as best as you can so the typical golf coach and the typical mental coach for golf is going to tell you routine 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 yeah. routine so like that pre-shot routine um but what that pre-shot routine really is is there's a trigger right so I feel like you have to have something that triggers on like, so for golf, it's like, you know, you're doing whatever you want to do. You're playing around doing that. And then it's like, uh, your pre-shot routine really triggers you to jump into the shot and focus on the shot. Yeah. Um, and then, so I think that that's the same thing in business, right? So for me, whenever I'm doing that, it's putting my headphones and turning the music on. I know that once I turn the, that music on, it's go time, it's focus time and it's right. time to work. Um, so I think that that's the same thing, right? It, it, there's not a pre-shot routine, but there's a, a trigger that whether that be, you know, I know some people say that it's hard for them to work from home because there's no trigger. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that maybe, and that's one of the reasons that, you know, today I don't have it on because I'm the guest, not the host. But for me, like the second that I tie that tie, right? I tie my tie a very specific way. It's called the Trinity Knot. Um, the second that that tie goes on, it's a game over. No more play. Like it's, it's work time. Right. Uh -huh. um, and so, and I wear that at home when I'm working up in, in my home office, like it's, that's not like just put on, like it's that's work time. That's go time. Cause again, it's that trigger to get you to the net, to get you where you want to go, um, to get you that focus. So yeah. whether that be, you know, walking into your office is your trigger, like in the front door of your office, whether it's your back office, whatever it may be. You've got to have something that triggers and says, okay, at this point, once I do this, everything else is focused mm -hmm. and I've just got to knock this out. Um, and it's like last week's episode when we were talking to Skylar Bird, he said he puts the most painful things, the most tedious tasks, the things that he doesn't want to do at the beginning of his day so that he can get through them because that way he knows that the fun stuff's at the end of the day. And so he wants to knock it out to get to the better stuff. Um, and, and again, that's for him, that's his trigger. So I think that that's really the biggest thing is to be able to have a set thing that starts that process. Yeah, I completely agree. That's a great answer. I'm going to have to implement that in my life now. 
Um, so I don't think we actually talked about what do you do? <laughs> right. So this, this kind of goes into the whole story of the business connect. So I'll just incorporate that as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my day job, I am an investment advisor, financial advisor, whatever you want to call it. I do mm -hmm. focus on investments. Um, I focus on the markets that, because that's my passion. When I was 25, that's when river was born or was about to be born. My father-in-law, he, I knew he was going to start an investment account or a college savings account for my son. And I didn't want him to be the only person that was saving for my son's future. So mm. I am a very curious person by nature. So I jumped in and was like, okay. And I, you know, I was good with math growing up, but I just, I would always tell myself, Hey, you know, you don't come from a super rich family. Like I'm, I'm a middle-class family. My mom's a nurse. My dad's an, uh, an engineer, mm -hmm. but you know, I never really asked him for money anyways, growing up. Like I was just okay with what I got. That's just how my, my mind was always would tell myself, but I, you know, so I always was like, Oh, you have to be super rich to benefit from the stock market. So don't think about mm -hmm. that. And I constantly like it, it would come up like in high school in my brain, it would pop up. It's like, maybe I could do that. And then I'd tell myself, no. And, and as I said, like even through college, like I had no idea what I wanted to do. Even turning 21, uh, moving to Myrtle beach, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but you know, that would cross my mind every once in a while, but I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And so then whenever he was born or was about to be born, he was on the way. I was like, you know what, this is a time that I need to learn about the side market so that I can, uh, you know, take care of his future. And me, I'm a very curious person. I don't like not knowing something like it will drive me crazy. If somebody asks me a question and I don't know the answer. So I, you know, threw myself into learning about it and the second I opened a book, which is funny, I never read a book at all in my adult life, probably not in my kid life either. Like <laughs> I didn't, in high school, it was always cliff notes and college didn't read. I mean, I, my mom and dad are big readers. If I had the camera actually on, there are literally, I would say 250 books to my left right now. I'm at my ah. mom and dad's house for Thanksgiving. As I said, there are 250 books easily right there. Just in this room, there's books all over this house. They're huge readers. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, or I wasn't. Well, the second I opened a finance book, which for a lot of people would be the driest thing in the world. People wouldn't want to read it. People read nonfiction or people read fiction and that, that type of stuff. And I'm, the second I opened a finance book, I fell in love. I dove in and I learned everything I could learn about it. And it was just it, everything. It took over everything that I did. Um, people called me obsessive, obsessive. Um, but you know, it was not obsessive. It was just curiosity. Like I just wanted to learn more. And I yeah. went from literally reading no books in my adult life to reading about nine books that were over 400 pages in the next year. Wow. And again, they're just like interview type books and theory books and just stuff that people would never want to read. But for me, it was like super fascinating and I just dove in and couldn't get enough. So that really launched my career into um, the markets and learning about investments. And that's what pushed me to my end game now of being a financial advisor, being an investment advisor and focusing on the markets. Um, but really my focus is education. Um, because again, I thought that I didn't have enough money to make it work for me. I thought that I didn't have enough money to make the market work for me. And I would tell myself and I discourage myself from learning about it because I didn't think that it fit me. Well, there's a, million people you know in in south carolina that feel the exact same way they feel like oh 
the stock market's up there in New York for a reason or, or whatever <laughs> it may be, right? They feel like the stock market's not for them. They feel like they can't take advantage of it or they don't understand it or they're, and, and, and to be honest with you, they feel like there's advisors that don't want to, to take care of them. They're, they think that they don't have a big enough account that an advisor is going to care um, or take yeah. the time. So education for me is a huge thing. And so again, I'm an advisor, for, I'm an advisor, but I'm a, an educator first. Like I, I, I explain my passion first, like my passion comes through uh, and that's really what's first for me. So giving the people the help that they need, understanding it, whether they end up using me or not, it, it's, it's kind of besides the point for me, for me, it's really about that education, telling them their options, telling them how to use certain products for their advantage versus you know, the, somebody else's advantage or the company's advantage. Um, so that's really why I do what I do. And the Business Connect was born from that. We have really strict compliance in the finance industry. Um, and so, yeah, I had like a Facebook page, a business Facebook page and my LinkedIn page kind of said what I did. But so that just brought in compliance. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get rid of that so that I can showcase the people that I get to meet every day. Because I was network, you know, I was out meeting with business owners and you know, learning about different businesses and things like that. And I was like, man, I really want to showcase this. I want to be able to showcase all these owners that I meet and all these people that are doing the right thing and all these conversations that we're having that are amazing. I want to be able to showcase that. And that's where the business connect came from. It came from, you know, I didn't want to be in this compliant, compliant zone anymore. And I wanted to be where I could really just tell somebody, hey, listen, this person over here is doing something awesome without it being misconstrued as, oh, he's a financial advisor. He is recommending us to go there just so he can get more money out of them or something. Um, and I just wanted to remove that. And that's why I don't talk about it either because I don't want the Business Connect to be seen as like some advertising portal. Um, I want it to really be about the mission of showcasing the owners uh, or showcasing the business from the owner's perspective and right. really focusing on the story behind the businesses. But I also <laughs> want it to be good for the listeners because I want them to get something out of it. I want them to get, you know, get to know the owner, get to know like different thought processes behind entrepreneurship. Um, and so, you know, really I might not seem like the most upfront or I might not seem like the biggest expert on entrepreneurship because, you know, I'm an investment advisor. I don't, you know, run a, a brick and mortar store or, or, or whatnot, but you know, I did, I did have an investment company, that I started from scratch at 25. Um, I then had a research company, an algorithmic trading company for wow. um, three years after that. Um, I did help run a vacation rental company for three years. And uh, again, you know, I've helped multiple companies uh, throughout the, you know, the Carolinas with advice because, you know, I'm a business mentor too. Like, you know, I help have conversations with people on how to improve their business. And that's not, there's no charge with that. That's just comes with me. Like, cause I love talking business. I love talking entrepreneurship. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it may not seem like I'm the perfect expert to have this podcast or, or whatnot, but you know, to be honest with you, that's the whole point behind it. The whole point is to share what experiences we've had. And I have meetings week, uh, you know, all week with business owners. And then I get to come on here and really share the stories that I've heard and yeah. have a, another business owner share his stories or her stories. 
Um, and so that's really where it came from. And that's really the mission behind it. Yeah. You said obviously a lot of great stuff, but I wanted to focus on you not focusing on, we got to make the sale. I like that. You're like, I want to educate these people to make them not make a bad decision or help them make a good decision. And, um, kind of have that altruistic i know we don't like big words um <laughs> uh kind of mindset of like if if i could just help them that would be a good thing but if the sale comes that'd be great too yeah i mean because you know that's another thing with the advisor situation um like i don't have a website for my advisory services and, and it didn't really hurt anything to get rid of um anything on social media because you know who's gonna google uh investment advisor and just call the first person that they talk that they see on google and say oh hey i got a million dollars to give you nobody that's not <laughs> going to happen so it's, it's about trust it's about the per fitting with the person's person their personality and really understanding that they're going to take care of you first um and so that's the message that i give is like hey listen i want you to do what's best for you um not what's best for me because again i had a trading firm i could go and trade all day long again and and really do that again but i don't want to because that's me at home sitting behind a screen ignoring everything that's going on not being a human really just computer mode you know that's that tedious stuff that's throwing in those headphones and getting to work and busting out a hundred dollars here a hundred dollars there and just grinding um but and and that's a possibility however you know i would rather help people um, get to where they're going. I would rather see people, you know, learn about something that they didn't think they could learn about. Because when you explain something to somebody that they've not understood for 10, 20, 30 years, and you explain it to them in a way that makes sense to them, it is a whole nother experience of how grateful and how happy they are that you took the time to explain it to them. And again, it's just, you know, I have pet peeves in the industry, um, just like I'm sure everybody does in their industry. Um, and so my, my goal is to combat those. My goal is to, you know, fix the wrongs that I see, um, to help the public, you know, wall street, um, and, and the finance industry has kind of gotten a bad name for screwing over the public and, and I'm trying to do it the opposite way. Yeah. And I think people could feel that when you're, when you're genuinely, genuinely trying to help them instead of like, oh, I'm trying to make my pockets fatter. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like the business that I'm in, like it takes time. Like it's not a super lucrative business like it looks like on on TV or in movies when you're doing, you know, when you see Wall Street. Yeah, those guys make a bunch of money because they live in New York. Like New York, if you make less than a million dollars, like they laugh at you. Right. Um, that's because, but that's the cost of living there. It's different. But in my industry, you know, it, it takes a long time to make, you know, a decent amount of money and it's just different. Um, but I would rather do it the right way. And again, you know, I have ways to earn passive income, but because that's what I do, right. I'm an advisor. <laughs> um, if I didn't, you know, that'd be a problem, but <laughs> that's really the thing is it's, it's just about taking care of the people. It's about helping people achieve their goals and help them understand things. Cause again, you know, a lot of the times, um, I don't work on commission myself. We work on an advisory fee platform, but that's completely different. You know, I can't, go too much into that but you know i've said this in the past and it goes for any salesperson really um why don't they give you options right they're going to get paid regardless of what you buy um why don't they give you options 
why don't they say, hey, here's this, here's what it does. Here's this, here's what it does. Here's this, here's what it does. This is my recommendation because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then let you make your choice because they're going to get paid if they're working on commission, they're going to get paid commission on whatever it may be. And a lot of the times they don't do that. They just show you one product and say, hey, here's the best product for you. Well, there's reasons behind that. Either they don't have any other products to show, <laughs> they don't understand the other products, or, or there's some reason they're not giving you the options. And to me, that's a huge pet peeve of mine. Um, and that's something that I feel is very, I feel, I feel very strongly about that because um, to me, it, it just gives this allure to the customer that, oh, I'm the expert. You don't know what you're talking about kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've been talking like just normal conversation, which is great, but I have a bunch of questions too that we should get to. Perfect. Um, <laughs> what was your first job and how did that influence your jobs after that? Uh, so the first job I ever had, and it was actually a really long job. I, I ended up working at, so I worked at Best Buy for uh, when I was 15 and I ended up working at, I think four different Best Buys over the course <laughs> of like my lifetime. I mean, even when I moved to Myrtle Beach, I, I worked at Best Buy. So, I mean, like I worked there for like on and off, like, seven years maybe five seven years i don't even remember oh. like but yeah i mean part-time job full-time job but i know i worked it i know i worked it at least four maybe five maybe more i can't really remember how many i worked at to be honest with you but yeah i wow. worked at a bunch of different best buys um, i still have friends that are general managers and managers there and so i guess how it influenced me was one curiosity and two perspective so mm-hmm. curiosity came Really, when I was in, I, I did home theater sales, and I was the one that didn't. I would learn about everything that came out. I wanted to learn about everything. Like I didn't want to just say, "Here's an LED TV, here's a plasma TV. Right. This one's better, or this one's better." Um, I learned how they worked, the inside workings of them, why this picture was this way, why this picture was this way. And again, that's really where it came in to like, if someone asked me a question that I didn't understand or, th- or that I didn't know, I would go and spend hours until I figured out what the answer was so that I never had to put myself in that position again to where I didn't know. And and it's it's bad because, you know, Best Buy didn't, at that time, and I don't know if they still are still this way or not, but whenever I was working there, it wasn't commissioned. You were just hourly. So like, it really didn't matter yeah. if you understood it or not. Like you kind of just a glorified, you know, Vanna White type of deal, like just showing the products. Um, but, you know, for me, it, I I couldn't do like, I couldn't just be like, yeah, this one's better or this. I mean, there's, there's some salespeople out there that are like that. Like I had a, a friend in, in one of them that, man, we used to joke, we used to rag on them so hard because whatever the client would say, like he would, he would be like, oh yeah, Sharp's the best TV out there for sure. And then when, and then the next client person would come in and they would be talking about Panasonic. Panasonic's the best out there for sure. Like whatever the client was saying or whatever the customer was saying, I mean, he literally was just like, this is what it is. Like whatever <laughs> they said, he was just agree, 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 agree. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny, but that's different people's sp- styles. But then also it taught me perspective. So I was one that when something would happen, I could see it from every level. So I could see it from like the customer service level. I could see it from the supervisor's level and I could see it from the corporate's level. Like when a new policy would roll out or when something would happen or whatever. Um, 
you know, all the employees would like kind of get mad and be like, oh, this is stupid. Or why are they changing this? Or why are they doing this? And then the supervisors would say, and they would do their thing. And, but then I could also see it from the corporation level of why the corporation would put in a new policy and then why the supervisors would take it and do with what they did with it. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it taught me perspective and it really taught me to learn the ins and outs of anything that I was selling and know, you know, the, the backbones of it first and foremost. Yeah. Well, first of all, that's super discouraging that your friend would do that. Like just say, Oh yeah, whatever you say is right. Because when I, when I try to buy something, I try to get other people's, you know, thoughts on it because I don't want to, I don't for some reason really don't want to make a mistake and don't want to regret a purchase. I feel like I'm more, concerned about that than most people but so i try to get people's perspectives and thoughts on it and if someone who's working at the place and i'm looking at tvs and they're like oh yeah whatever vizio is the best and i'll be like oh great that's what i thought so I, I feel good about that and then i get it and then it's terrible and i'm like wow that i was totally led astray <laughs> yeah and again you know that that's what it is i mean there's it's just different sales styles i mean i'm sure that you can go anywhere and get the same type of treatment. You could go to, you know, I don't know, a car dealership and be like, oh, well, I like, I like such and such in a car, like just say a random feature. And they're going to be like, well, that's why this is the best. Right? <laughs> you know, I mean, like they're going to take whatever you say and turn it into why you should purchase something. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's really about, I don't know, again, like for me, it's more about finding the facts and, and building that trust. Like, you know, you can, maybe I'm not a good salesperson because I stick to my guns and kind of believe what I believe. Um, I don't know, but you know, I feel like that's the right way to do it is, Hey, I think that this is the best for this situation. This is the best for this situation. This is the best for this situation. And then you're really just reusing the same stuff for man matching the situations. But again, you, you're giving options to people and you're saying, Hey, listen, this is what this does. This is what this does. This is what this does. Um, and it's really about what you want and tailoring it and personalizing it to you to get the best experience. Cause to me, even when I was selling TVs, for instance, you know, it was more of a package deal. You know, I, I would put together things. Sometimes people would come in and say, my budget is this, but I want whatever. And they would come and say, I have $1,500 budget. I'm like, okay, well, let's go cheaper on the TV, but then we're going to add audio to it mm. and then get them out the door for $1,500. But they have now a full system because they said they wanted that theater experience. And I'm like, well, you're right. not going to get that with just a TV. So for me, it was more about, you know, fitting everything in um based on their needs and and again that's what it is now um that's you know stuck with me it's it's a full package deal instead of like a one individual product sale for me yeah and that actually to me uh it brings into the quote so i'll read it to you and then see how you feel and then i'll see how it ties in to that story for me so the quote is how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I mean, again, you know, it kind of goes back to some of the other ones that we've had in the past of like what, I mean, you know, like you be you, um, your, your own style and kind of things like that, you know, um, a lot of them kind of reflect around the same thing, but yeah, you be you, right. Um, and, and you, the way you do something is the way you do everything. Again, you know, going back to golf, like I had that, you have to have that trigger. And that's how you get things going. I'm, I'm the kind of person that, you know, I've had a job where I was in an office with other people. Um, we, we weren't working the same job or even the same company, but I've had people say like, 
how do you get so much done and have so much free time? <laughs> they were like, you are always out here. Like you're always in the middle of the office, joking around, playing around and, and do this stuff. And like, how do you actually get your job done? Like, how are you not far, like really far behind? And it's because of that. Like I, when I'm on, I'm all the way on when I'm off, I'm all the way off. Like I, there's no in between for me. Like whenever yeah. I go and clock in, it is full force, knock it out of the park. And, and there's times that I'll get eight hours of work done in two hours. Wow. And because I'm able to turn it on, flip the switch. And that's the go-to that's that everything for me versus do a little bit here, do a little bit there, do a little bit here, do a little bit there. Um, mm -hmm. for me, it's, it's all on or all off. Yeah. I was actually trying to do that. I was doing the, a little bit turned on thing. Um, while my girlfriend was moving in, uh, I, I helped her move in and she was just like tinkering with stuff. I was like, all right, I'm going to work on something. And then she was like, oh, what do you think about this and stuff? And I was like, oh, that's great. And then I was trying to do stuff. And then I just ended up not being able to do anything. But then, and I was trying to do that like all day. And I got like two minutes of work done or something. And then at the end of the day, when I went back to my place, it I just focused. And then I got it done in like 20 minutes. So I totally agree with the on, when you're on, you're on thing. And how this quote relates to, um, the last story you told about being at Best Buy and stuff is because you were such a good salesman and wanted to know, even if, even it, even though it doesn't matter if you make the sale or not, um, that translated into bigger things of when you became a financial advisor and it actually did matter. But um, you did the work. But the other guy who was like, "Oh yeah, you know, Samsung's the best," just because you said that. You know, when he moved up to whatever he was doing next, if he got, you know, somewhere to go next, he would cut corners and not make as much or like just wouldn't be as helpful and fulfilled in his life, I'm sure. Um, and it, it reminds me of what my aunt said to me when I was really young. And I don't know why I remember this so well, but she's like, I don't care what you do. I just want you to be the best you can be at what you do. So if you like mop floors, I want you to be the best floor mopper. And that's like something that most people say to like kids and stuff. But for some reason it stuck with me. And then I remember I was um, working at a wing place and I was literally mopping a floor. I was like, wow, I really like, you know, 10 years ago when my aunt said this, I never thought I'd be like actually mopping a floor and I am and I'm really doing well because she like planted that seed in me. So I've I've been obsessed with like how you do it is how you do it. Like almost obsessively and like it scares me when I cut corners even like cleaning, you know, a counter or something because it's like, oh no, does that mean when I get to make a movie, I'm going to cut a corner and it's going to be terrible or, you know, something like that. Uh so I've been obsessed with that quote for a couple of years now. So I'll tell a, a good story. Um, you know, I got a couple about river that, um, kind of relate to it. And, you know, so river will come home from school and they've got these fluency worksheets or whatever. And it's like, you get a minute to read this passage and read as many words as you can. Um, and again, when I was in school, like I didn't read anything. So <laughs> I, I do try to make sure he does well with reading because again i was not a good reader um, in school and so he will try so hard to go so fast to get his number really high um and and you 
and he makes a lot of mistakes, so he has to go back and correct them. Um, mm. And I, I've told him a few times, I say, bud, smooth is fast. Slow mm. is smooth. Smooth is fast. And, I, and whenever he does, like whenever he reads it and, and reads it correctly, you know, he'll finish the passage almost every time. And like, then, then he's just competing to do it faster. Like, yeah. but a lot of times he'll get done with, you know, and, and sometimes it's crazy to me. Like, I'm like, man, he's in second grade and he finishes 120 words in a minute. And I'm like, I feel like I can't read 120 words a minute. <laughs> um, sometimes, I mean, that's just how I feel sometimes. And it's like, but whenever he slows down and does it the right way, he gets way more accomplished. Yeah. So I feel like that that's, you know, from a, from a seven-year-old level to this, you know, to this point. And like you said, your aunt instilled this at you to you at a young age. And now just seeing, you know, my seven-year-old, that's exactly what he has to do. He has to, you know, do it the right way and he gets way more accomplished. So it just, it goes back to exactly what you said. Like you learn it at a young age and then it sticks with you. Yeah. Absolutely. What would you tell your younger self? Oh, that's a lot of things that can't be said on here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess like, like kind of the savage mind aspect of what I've, you know, kind of created, you know, yeah. uh, on our, on the podcast, I always bring up the savage mind and really fo- like not, not telling yourself you can't do something or not eliminating yourself from something because of a, a background or a stipulation. Mm. Um, so again, I'll go ahead and jump ahead cause I'm sure it's coming, but yeah. So the savage mind came from this. So, you know, if this is your first time listening, the savage mind is a portion of the podcast that I always bring up because it is something that I talk about It's a book that I'm working on writing. Um, mm. and it's a brand that, um i've got as well the savage mind is the, the definition of a savage is not domesticated or under human control uh the other definition is lacking the restraints common to human to civilized human beings so for me what that means is you don't let anyone else make your decisions for you and you don't let society's rules make decisions for you you play by your own rules you make your own path in life um, that's really the way I attack things. So the the way that that came about and, and the way that that makes sense for me was my granddad, um, he had every John Wayne movie there ever was. And so we, we would go to my granddad's house every Sunday for Sunday dinner and we'd watch John Wayne movies because that's what he had. Like he didn't have cable, he had antenna <laughs> TV, but we would get there before football was on. So we watched a John Wayne movie, then we'd eat lunch, then we watch football. and um, you know, so in John Wayne movies, the savages were always the people that lived on the outskirts of town. Um, they'd come in, take whatever they wanted, and then leave, right? That kind of thing. But that's really where what before I knew what the definition was, that's that was my thought of it. Was the yeah. person that lives out of the town, comes in, takes what he wants, and then leaves. That's kind of my that was where it came from. And then of course I looked up the definition and it made even more sense. But mm-hmm. for me, Again, like I didn't know what I wanted to be. I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up um, and really had for a long time. I mean, I'm talking about till I was 25, you know, whenever I started looking into the world of, of trading and, and investing and that in the markets, I had no idea what I wanted to be. Yeah. And even then, I really didn't know where I wanted to fit in, in that space. Um, well, 
I knew that my background of, you know, going to a community college and playing golf and moving around and, and the things that I'd done and not really going to a prestigious uh, college and dropping out of college just because I was playing golf and wanted to play golf every day. Um, and I knew that that background was not going to get me a job with a high end investment company. Um, so I told myself I wanted to be in a position with a, an elite investment company. And I said, how do I get there? And I said, well, one, the obstacles are going to be, oh, you don't have the background for it. So I knew I couldn't just go straight to it. So I said, all right, how do I eliminate that obstacle? I get all my licensing and all my experience. Then they can't tell me no. So that's what I did. I set a path to go about getting my licensing because it's it's this catch 22 in the financial industry. You can't get your license without being sponsored by a company. The company has to say, yes, we're sponsoring them to take this exam. Well, you can't get hired. In some places, you can't get hired without the license because they want you to have the experience. Well, you can't get the experience without being, you know, the, yeah. the classic job catch 22. Yeah. So I had to find a way to get my licensing because I knew that my background wouldn't get me to a firm that would just pay for my, my licensing uh, right yeah. away. Um, so that, and that's what I did. I stair stepped my way through different companies, paying for different licenses, getting different licenses with different companies, got the experience. And now I'm in a job that I love. Yeah. And so that's where the savage mind came from. That's the whole existence of it is you create your own path. You make your own decisions. You don't let society tell you what you can and can't do. Um, so if I was going to tell my younger self something, that would be it. I would tell us younger self, I would say, Hey, listen, don't let society or anyone else dictate what you do. You tell yourself where you're going to end up and then you find a way to it. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you kind of have the two brands, right? So the, the investment, um, advisor and the savage mind kind of thing. That's, that's your two, right? Well, the business connect is one brand and oh, okay. mind is, yeah, is, is the other, um, the investment advisory is just my, my paycheck. Uh, right. I mean, okay. it's, my, it's my passion. It's not just my paycheck. Don't get me wrong. Um, right. that's my passion, but the, both of them were kind of born from it was right. born from like the same, um, thing, but you know, savage mind is more like anybody and everybody can benefit from it. Um, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to benefit from it. Um, that one, I want to be uh, a book brand, a merchandise brand and that kind of thing where people like live that lifestyle. It's going to be more of like a, 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 like a, a lifestyle brand, a mindset brand. Um, and people want to live that type of the lifestyle, um, yeah. versus the business connect is really geared more towards entrepreneurs focusing on showcasing business owners from the side of the owner the why behind the business and then the podcast of, Hey, here's our experiences as business owners um, and helping other business owners. Cause that's, so business connect is more about helping business owners and the savage mind is more about helping everybody. Right. Great. Um, if you got to have dinner with three people dead or alive, who would it be? Yes. That's, that's a, that's a rough one. Um, Whew. Yeah, that that that's a toughie. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, so I don't I think that it would probably be something just like off the wall, man. I just want like I love good conversation and learning about things that 
I don't know about, right? I'm, I'm super curious. I love learning. Like I said, I read these books that people would think is dry. Like my favorite book series of all time is um, Jack Schwagger's uh, Market Wizards. Um, huh. And it's, it's literally just a collection of interviews that he did with the best stock market traders or hedge fund managers. And it, again, it's a series. So like it started in like the eighties and then it progressed into the, the modern era and every era um, as the market changed, he would do new interviews. And that's all it was, it was just interviews, but it would let you in kind of on the mindset of these super successful uh, money managers. And, and so, you know, that kind of thing is, I love like, but I also love golf. So I would say dead or alive, anybody that I could talk to or have dinner with, I would say Johnny Cash. I would say because he he lives that brand of savage. Like mm-hmm. he was his own dude. He didn't care what country radio told him. He didn't care what Nashville told him. He did it his way. And like I would just love to get into his mind and kind of learn about that. Mm-hmm. Um, second spot, I would have to say. Hmm. Rockefeller. Oh, because I feel like he knows some secrets that uh, people don't know. Yeah, don't know. there's there's some things that have come out about him lately, like some some papers and stuff he's written like back in the 20s or, or whatever. Maybe not even the 20s. I don't know when they were, yeah. written, but a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, so those are pretty good. And then I'd say Jack Schwagger, because, again, like that's my favorite book series of all time. And just yeah. um, the things that he's learned and seen through the interviews that he did, uh, I, I feel like he is a wealth of knowledge just because, again, the people he's been around, the people that he – oh, can I have a fourth? Sure. This is another writer. Um, yeah. Michael Lewis, man. He, I mean, we might not agree on everything. Um, like, you know, he's got some views that I don't really like. Uh, but, dude, Michael Lewis has had an interesting career. Who is that? Uh, so Michael Lewis wrote The Big Short, oh. Flash Boys, Liars. So he's got like a series of books on, um, and he's a director too. Like, but he he's got a series of books on Wall Street because he used to work on Wall Street a little bit. And, mm-hmm. But he also has like these political books and stuff like that. And I don't really care about those. Uh, I mean, he's got a ton of books to be honest with you. If you look it up, Michael Lewis, he's got all kinds of books about all different types of topics. Um, mm-hmm. But the the ones that are about like Wall Street and the inside of Wall Street to me are really, I mean, the fact that he gets these stories and he can get this information out of typically super tight lipped individuals that don't want to give up their secrets. Cause like, that's a big thing on wall street. Like everything is, everybody feels like everything is uh, proprietary knowledge on wall street. Nobody wants to tell anybody about anything. So I yeah. really feel like that's, you know, really key. Cool. So yeah, I, I would say Michael Lewis as well, because, he, he's got a wealth of, inf- uh, of information and behind the scenes and like learning how to get that out of people would be awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check with the hostess to make sure it's okay to add that fourth person, but uh, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's a lesson you learned too late in your life? Not to let other people influence my decisions, not mm-hmm. to let society influence. So same thing, you know, same yeah. thing is what I tell my younger self. Like again, man, I was, I was a horrible student, not because of other people. I was a horrible student because of myself. Um, you know, I, I could get by on my intellect for a long time. Um, and I had teachers tell me that. I mean, everybody knew it. It wasn't a big secret. Um, 
I mean, I had classmates. When I said that I was going to ECU to start my college career, people were like, oh my God, you're wasting your, like you're wasting your talent. abilities. Yeah. Your talent. Like, cause, but you know, I was 17 years old and wanted to go to the number one party school in the country. Right. So mm-hmm. that's what I did. Um, my brother was already there and I'd been to the parties with him. Well, not with him, but I'd gone and, you know, stayed with him and, and kind of done the party scene for a little bit with him or mm-hmm. his friends and stuff. And I was like, yep, that's where I'm going. Like, cause I didn't know what I wanted to be. So like, for me, there was no direction of like why I needed to go somewhere else. Right. Um, would it have changed my path to go to a different college? Potentially. Um, I don't know, but you know, just, and I didn't really let anybody influence me. Like I didn't let them influence my, my thought process, but again, like I got, I was a terrible student. I got by on my intellect and I got by on like being able to re- memorize things in a short period of time. Um, and not really having to work hard in, in school. Like I didn't get bad grades. That's not why I say I'm a, I was a bad student. Like, you know, a few episodes back, Trey, who I went to high school with, he said he was a bad student and he had a 1.2 GPA. Like, but <laughs> I was not that way. Like I had good grades, but I didn't do any extra work. Like I didn't do homework. I didn't study for tests. I didn't care. Like, because I knew I could get A's and B's without studying. I knew I could get A's and B's without, I, I never pushed myself academically. Um, yeah. but, but it's because I didn't have a path, right? Like again, that's why vision to me is so important. Like that's why setting that final destination of, Hey, I want to get to here. How do I get there? What do I need to do on a daily basis to get to that, to that level? That's really what got it for me. And like, I didn't have that growing up. Like I never had that vision of where I wanted to be or a reason to push myself because I didn't have that. I was like, I don't know what I want to be. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I don't know what I want to be. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that that's really it is like have a destination in mind um, and then you can figure out your path to get there. Yeah, that's something I definitely need to work on. Um, since this is the Thanksgiving episode, I want to hear something you're thankful for in your business life and then something you're thankful for in your personal life. Uh, so in my business life, man, I, I'm thankful for all the support that I've gotten for the Business Connect, thankful for all the support that I've gotten on the Savage Mindset or the Savage Mind um, and just the ability to do what I do, right? Um, I'm lucky enough that I get to go out and network with other business owners and talk to other business owners on a daily basis. Um, You know, some people say uh, it's not work when I'm going out to lunch with people or or whatever, but, you know, it's all about connecting people together, right? Like I couldn't be the Business Connect without the connections, right? I couldn't have this brand without the people that I'm putting together. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of times that what I do, like I have nothing to do with it. I'll meet with a business owner and they'll say, uh, you know, they'll tell me about their business, kind of tell me a block, a roadblock that they've hit. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, you here, talk to X, Y, and Z. They'll take care of you. And, you know, I can help their business grow without me being even really being involved. I'm just kind of passing their information along to somebody else. Um, so I'm, I'm just thankful for, the position I'm in with the company that I'm with, the advisory company that I'm with, that I have the opportunity to continue to network and continue to grow um, these brands and all the support that I've gotten from these brands. Um, in my in my personal life, I'm just thankful for family all the time, man. It's always family. My my two boys are they're everything, and um, you know my wife thankfully lets me uh, be a crazy person sometimes and get out in the woods and and hunt a lot and fish a lot and teach my kids about faith through, through the outdoors. I mean, that's, 
that's why I'm an avid outdoorsman. Um, I'm not really a church goer per se, but to me, church is the great outdoors and the creation. Mm. So thankful just, for the opportunity yeah. to, uh, to take the kids out there all the time and, and really teach them about the world through just through conversations in the outdoors. Yeah. Um, so the last question is what's a time you laughed really, really hard. All the time. I'm <laughs> always good. laughing. Like, dude, I, I, yeah, there, I'm not a, I'm not a serious person. You know that most everybody <laughs> knows that I'm not a serious person. Yeah. Um, I can have serious conversations of course, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a goofball. My kids are goofballs. Mm-hmm. But my son did something earlier today and it was hilarious, but I don't really know what it was. Cause we always are there. There's always something going on. Honestly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're both hams, both the seven-year-old and the one-year-old are both cut-ups and always joking around. So yeah, I'm, I'm constantly laughing. Like I said, uh, something happened earlier today, but I don't remember what he did. It was like a response to something. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. That's okay. but, yeah, it, it was the one-year-old. He, uh, we asked him a question and he like, oh, I know what it was. Me and my wife were like joking and like, who do you want to change your diaper? And like without even looking, he just like points back at my wife. Like didn't even look. He just like pointed <laughs> at my wife. And so yeah, started. We both bust out laughing over that. That's what it was. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Poop laughs are the best. Yeah, man. <laughs> Nobody wanted to change that diaper, man. It was, it was rough. <laughs> um, so now you should you should plug all the stuff that you're on. Like, I don't know if you're on Instagram, but your TikTok you referenced before. Um, where can yeah. people find you? Yeah, so right now the best ways to to see the brands are just on their individual social media platforms. So the Business Connect is on Facebook and on YouTube and on any podcast directory out there. Um, the, it's not up to date on the podcast directories yet. I'm playing catch up because it, it did take me a little bit to get that set up and get that going. But YouTube is every Friday we post a the podcast there, and then either Friday or Monday, I typically post it on the Facebook page. Um, you can find the Facebook page at, at Josh, the business connect. So Josh, the business connect, um, YouTube is always linked on there, but the YouTube channel is the business connect. And then the savage mind has its own TikTok because again, it's its own brand. So on TikTok, it is the savage mind. Apparently I really like the word the, um, cause it's in both of them. Um, so yeah, that's where I don't have any other social media. Really. I'm not a big social media person, but I understand that it's a way, uh, it's a tool in business to reach the masses, you know, I'm, but in my personal life, if you, if you're lucky enough to be one of the 5,000 friends on Facebook that Facebook allows, um, cause <laughs> I can't go over that. So I have to delete people all the time. But anyways, uh, you will see that the only things that I share are either the business connect stuff or things that people tag me in. I'm not a social media genius or anything like that. I'm just out here trying to uh, help people. That's great. Well, thank you guys for joining us uh, for our special Thanksgiving episode and see you back here uh, next week and know that I'm behind the scenes winking at you. Um, (laughs) uh, So thank you. See you next week. Hope this made you think. Thanks, Tommy.